You are now listening to the Motivational Mentors Podcast with your hosts, Luke Burrows. Touch on morning routines. I think people have to find something that works for them. And Arsenio Buck. Hey, Arsenio, let's go party. Hey, party. If someone asked me to party right now, Luke, come on. What the hell's a party? A party? A party for what? All right, guys, welcome back to Motivational Mentors. And today we have Hernan Sias joining us from, is it West Coast, I think? Uh, is it West Coast? East? Yes, West Coast, San Diego, California. There we go. So yeah, we have me in the UK. We have Arsenio out there in Thailand. And we have uh, Hernan in California. So um, covering, like, like, yeah, time zones are crazy. But uh, Hernan is- Trifecta of the globe. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's awesome to have you on the show today. For those who don't know who you are, though, could you um, dive into what you do and a little bit about your story? And then uh, both myself and Arsenio will fire some questions at you. Sure thing, sure thing. So uh, I've been in business basically for like the last 15, 16 years. I bought my first house when I was 20 years old. And then by necessity, started my first business with my brother uh, at uh, about 2021. 20, and we've just kind of been bitten by the entrepreneur bug ever since. Uh, I currently own an insurance agency. I have multiple licenses. I have a tax license. I have a real estate license. I have a life insurance license my degrees in accounting, and I teach high school seniors a course called Financial Algebra, where um, basically I'm teaching them life skills when it comes to money, uh, buying homes, buying cars, opening bank accounts, the things that you're going to need when you graduate high school to get, get going. And so like in a quick nutshell, that's pretty much me. Wow. So I'm going to fire off with the good stuff right off the bat. You know what? Financially algebra, this reminds me of, of course, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, I started listening to that book, the audio book, I don't know, about two, three months ago. And I listened to it a ton of times and I still listen to it today. So governments and of course, Wall Street will not allow students or will not allow teachers to teach about money in school. So how do you go about what, what is it that you actually put into your lessons uh whereas you know you talk about money in general oh yeah um well first of all the, the course is relatively new this is going to be the fourth year that it's been uh available for my students and uh it's one of those courses where it it's not it's considered a math course but it's the course where uh the kids who've been struggling with the traditional math courses go to get their graduation requirement so i have a lot of flexibility in what i get to do I followed the book, um, but the way I'm going to teach it this year, for example, is going to be completely different than the way I've taught it before. My, my goal has always been, let's try to make this as applicable to real life as possible. If the kids can earn some sort of revenue coming into this class, using the tactics in this class, I think it's much more engaging because even though the course sounds really cool, when you're older, you got to remember that these kids are 17 and in high school. And they really don't care about anything other than going out, partying, and, you know, hanging out with their friends. So if you can make them relate to the topic, all of a sudden it makes more sense. All of a sudden they want to engage. So this year's goal, um, I'm going to take each piece of the course. So when we're, the very first chapter is on banking, opening a bank account, that sort of stuff. And I'm going to have them, instead of read the chapter, do the work, we're going to create pieces of content for each one of the platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn and try to sell a product 
that's related to the chapter. And then that'll get them engaged in the concept itself and give them an applicable skill that they can use out in the real world and using a platform that they tend to use and master it right now anyways. So that's my goal for this year. I don't know how it's going to work out, but at the very least, it's going to be fun. Definitely. Um, and so, I, you know, we'll, we'll definitely come back to this. But I, one thing I did want to touch on, because you do do so much with the podcast and everything as well, is like it seems like you've definitely are out there pursuing, you know, all of your passions and things that you love to do, and you know, creating some good change in the world as well. For the listeners that maybe um, believe, you know, that there's more to life and they want to go out there and you know pursue their passion and purpose and that. What would be some of the things that you would advise them, like the, the action steps that they start right now, if that makes sense? Maybe that they are working a nine to five yeah. and they feel like they're stuck in that. What would be some of the tips and that, that you would share with them? 100%. Uh, get yourself on a schedule, number one, first and foremost. There are 24 hours in any given day. It doesn't matter who you are. There's only 24 hours in a day. So if you guys can see in the background, I mean, I'm at the gym right now. This is my gym time. But I know that we're where we are, the three of us are different places in the globe. And this is the best time that worked out. So I'm trying to make the most of both sessions, right? To do a podcast and at the same time, get my workout in. So, um, but, but my day is pretty, pretty planned out. Yesterday, for example, I know that I had to go to a teacher training. After that, I went to Comic-Con. So if you guys are ever in San Diego, Comic-Con convention is amazing, by the way. So we went out to Comic-Con, I took my camera crew, and we interviewed people and asked them financial questions in their full cosplay, you know, like I interviewed, uh, what, Spider-Girl, Spider Catwoman, you know, all these different characters. It's a, it's a fun event, but it's something to get out there and be a part of the community. Then after that, I had my podcast to do, and then after that, I had to go with my kids to their first, you know, day of orientation at school. So it's like, you know, your day should be scheduled. And you should have the top four or five things, maybe even two or three things that you want to achieve in that particular day that coincide with what you want to achieve for that week to progressively be moving in the direction that you want to go in, whatever that direction is. I think the biggest and probably most difficult thing for people is to figure out what that thing is that they want to move towards. You know what I mean? So scheduling yeah. yourself and working towards something, you'll kind of figure it out as you go. But at least if you're having those daily goals uh, that align with your weekly goals, that align with your monthly goals, that align with your annual goals, you're going to get there. Like it, there's no way you can't finish a race if you're taking one step forward every single day. You're going to get to the finish line eventually. You might not be the fastest to the finish line, but you'll get there. Yeah, I mean, th that was the question I was going to ask next in terms of why do you think that people um, don't schedule their day or don't set priorities in their day? And so does it come back to not having those goals set in the first place? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even me, I, I, last night I was having a conversation with my wife because there's a lot of times she sees that there's a lot of things that I do, right? I mean, I, I listed all the licenses that I have and I am a big um, proponent on uh, education. And I want to say that you know, kind of with, with air quotes, because um, I I'm, even though I'm in the education system, in the public school system here in the U.S., I'm not a big fan of the way it's being taught. I'm not a big fan of the industrial age education system that exists. I think things need to be more career ready and not so much college ready, because I feel like college has become very commoditized, right? But that's my personal opinion. My wife is, on the other hand, she's very much college bound prepping kids to be ready for education because there is a space for that too so i think i have my own little bias um but 
figuring out who you are, right? Figuring out what's inside of you. I feel like we all are seeds. We have that genetic input. Something in us is designed to be something. We're going to grow into our own type of tree, right? We're going to bear our own type of fruit. And I think we're just trying to figure out what kind of tree are we? What kind of fruit are we? Because all we have to really do is plant ourselves. All we have to really do is nurture it, feed it, right? Water it. And we're going to grow into whatever we're going to grow to. I think most people spend so much time figuring out, trying to figure out what kind of tree they are that they never plant a seed in the first place. Yeah, I love that, man. Arsene, do you have anything? Man, that is so huge. It does. I'm so glad you said that. Industrialized education system. <laughs> this is craziness, man. I'm telling you, Harvard's been around since like the 1600s. They're still teaching us the same things that everyone in the last 100 years have learned. You know what? Other than nurses and doctors, hey, by all means, we need to love them. Love them. Other than them, there is nothing else that is practical. It's all by theory. Like, and you know what? The debt that people pick up in going to university. And then it's funny because during the Rich Dad, Poor Dad, when the, uh, what is it? When Robert Kiyosaki had come back from Vietnam, uh, I think his rich dad's, I think his poor dad said, so are you going to go for your master's? And his rich dad laughed saying, do you want to be an employee? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, I mean, I mean, if that's your goal in life, people, I understand if you just want to be an employee, retire at 65 and just wait for the next 30 years to leave the body and domain by all means. But I just love the fact that you are putting so much you're putting it like, like you said about the Instagram and the LinkedIn and creating things and enabling these students to potentially fail because some things might work, some things might not work, and then just continue to get better and figure out different things. This is all called practicality. None of this is in the school system. I'm sorry. You know, uh, you know and, and I think I think one of the biggest things that I have that I that is one of my strengths is I try to bring people perspective. Like, I'm gonna tell you that it's not black and it's not white. It's not red, it's not blue, it's not hot and it's not cold. When I take a shower, you know, in the summer, the water's a bit colder because it's hot, right? Whereas <laughs> when I take a shower in the winter, I turn up the heat a little bit because, you know, I don't, but I don't take a boiling water shower and I don't take an ice cold water shower. There's some gray area in between. So I'm trying to bring people that perspective to say, look, you know, whatever's going on, political, religious, in your personal life, there's always this gray area, and that's where you're going to thrive. That's where there are other people who are thinking the same type of thing, who are like, you know, I'm not 100% over there, but I'm not 100% over there either. This is me. So you got to, you know, I, I try to bring people that sort of perspective. And, I t I'm, and the beauty of, of my podcast is the other thing I like to do is I like to listen to your story. I want to help elevate you as the individual. And here's the funny thing. I was feeling nostalgic the other day, and I was looking through my high school yearbook. Right. And, uh, you know, I was looking through your book, looking at all the baby faces. Now that's 20 years past. Right. But then I started reading what people wrote. And the funny thing is they wrote things like, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing your perspective with me. Thank you. And, you know, and I'm starting to realize that at 17, I was doing that and not even really understanding what I was doing. It was just my own personality, my own traits. You know what I mean? And now I'm starting to do that more on a professional level. I do it as an educator. I do it as a podcaster and I'm doing it as, you know, just getting that message out there. So, you know, you have something inside you. You just got to figure out what that is. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that kind of that, um, that listening to people and perspectives and that's always been there then. 
Yeah. It's always been there. Yeah. And I didn't know. Yeah. But it's funny how, you know, as you, it's just who you are. It's trying to figure out who you are. And I think that's, that's one of the more difficult casts. Wow. Uh, boy, oh boy. That, when it comes to someone, and you know what, man, to be honest with you, you being in that position, I want to just give you a little visualization here. You go back 20 years, you 17. I can visualize myself at 17. I didn't know what passion meant. I didn't know what success meant. I didn't know what anything meant. Hell, before I came here to Thailand, yes, I lived in Australia for a year, worked as a dental assistant, but I was still in a career where I always looked outside the window and said, I want to be out there communicating. It wasn't until I came here to Thailand, crazy ass things happened, but then I started finding myself and started figuring out my true uniqueness within me, like in terms of developing different things that I'm engaged in every day, like the test prep courses that I do. And then I developed like two different podcasts and then of course one with Luke and then now I'm doing curriculum development. And there's just so many, there's a variety of things that I put out there. And, but it didn't all happen. It, it happened because of a negative idea that a society such as Thailand impressed on my conscious mind. So when you're 17, Hernan, I want you to think back, like when you were 17, what was it that you wanted to do? It did, or, and how did you follow this? Because now you have a big business, you're doing the insurance. Like, how did it all come about? Can you make sense of it? Yeah, well, actually, in hindsight, you probably can, right? At the time, it's damn near impossible. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> what it is. I'll tell you what, like, right. I've always been a great student. Like, I didn't have any issues in school. School, for whatever reason, either it clicked, I figured it out, whatever it was. Um, I think the, the only struggle I ever had was, biology and chemistry so I knew I wasn't going to be a doctor right I got like B's and C's in, in those two courses but everything else was like A's I had a three point like eight seven GPA it was you know school was easy um I thought I was gonna you know I wanted to play baseball um and I, I just could see myself in front of people performing you know and I didn't know that maybe that's what it was I liked pitching I like catching I like staying in control of things I like showing what it what life was about in that baseball realm but when baseball disappeared i really didn't have a purpose i went to school i went to college and um i was doing well but i was there because i was told that that's what you were supposed to do not because i wanted to be there and i remember uh you know once i once we started our, our computer repair business and things were going really well um I, I was sitting in in a course and i was about to give a presentation and I, I stand up in front of the class and I'm ready to talk about what I'm going to say. And I'm just kind of looking around like, what am I doing here? And I remember just kind of looking around and walking out. And that's the day that I dropped out of college. And fortunately for me, the courses that I had, um, that, that teacher that walked out the presentation, that one failed me. But the other ones gave me like a C and I ended up, you know, passing those courses. And they were, they were all undergraduate courses. I stood, finished all my undergraduate stuff. And it took me like six years before I went back to school and finished my degree. But by the time I went back, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was going there with a purpose. I wanted to learn. Education is different when you finally make that decision in your own head that this is something I want to learn because it opens the door to a limitless possibility. You know what I mean? Everybody, we live in an age of tons of information. It's like the matrix, but except we're looking at it instead of plugging it into the back of our heads but we can learn anything we want at any given time. We have podcasts, we have audiobooks, you have 
uh, books that you can read on your phone. You have people's opinions. I mean, there are all kinds of stuff that you can learn if you choose to. And it, when, once you make that decision that you want to learn something, the world is your oyster. The biggest thing you need to do when you learn something, though, is apply it, implement it, put it into action. Because you can be a bookworm forever and you can have all the knowledge you want stuck in your head, but it's useless if you don't actually go and apply it. You don't actually take action. And I, that's, the, that's one of the biggest things I try to emphasize with my kids is take action. If you mess up, who cares? Now you know another way not to do it. Try again. Do it over, over, and over again. And you're going to get better over time. And people are going to laugh at you. People might talk about you. People might say things. But they're only saying it because they're not able to take the action themselves. Because they're held back. Because they're worried about what other people are going to say. So their criticism if you, if you take it as criticism, it can knock you down. If you take it as they're paying attention now, they're watching now, that's the fuel that you need, right? Now it's like, I'm gonna prove them wrong. Now it's like, they're, they're, they're there to see you succeed, they just don't know it yet. They're the ones who are gonna call you and ask you for a loan, they're the ones who are gonna call you and ask you for help, they're the ones who are gonna call you and ask you for advice because they seen you when you were first starting out and they're telling you when you're first starting out that you don't have what it takes and they're right. But it means that you don't, they don't, it just means that you don't have what it takes yet, that you're getting there, that you're climbing. Yeah, a thousand percent. And so I've kind of got a, like a two part question. I'm interested in, to know, yeah. has there been um, any books or that you've read that have um, like, like defining books for you that's helped you the most? And my kind of link to that is, um, where is, I mean, you've just been talking there, where's that kind of mindset and perspective come from? Has it come, come from just the continues, your own uh, like personal growth and development that you've, you know, had that perspective and that mindset, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, I, I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Arsenio here. The very first book that I actually picked up and read myself was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I, you know, I, I told you how I got a good GPA in high school and that was all great, but I didn't actually read any books in high school. I learned that if I pay attention to the teacher, uh, all I got to do is listen to that because that's what's going to be on the test, right? Um, right. So I read uh, Of Mice and Men in high school because we read it out loud in class. Not because I <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. That's so funny. I read that bullshit-ass book too. But anyway, you keep going. I heard it. <laughs> yeah, the first book I actually read was, uh, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it was just one of those things where like it clicks in your head like, oh, these are the rules. And I tell my students now all the time, I'm like, life is like when the first time you play Monopoly. The first time you play Monopoly, you're going to suck because you don't know the rules. You're just, you know, trying to figure it out. But once you figure out the rules, you have a chance of winning, right? And so for me, that was one of the, one of the pinnacle points was I was reading Rich Dad Poor Dad and I'm like, oh, this is how money works. Oh, this is what an entity is. Oh, this is how cash flows. Oh, these are the quadrants, right? All of a sudden, things that I had no idea that have always been there that are underlying things, I just happened to take another step in a world that I didn't understand or didn't even know existed. So for me, you know, once I realized that there's more out there and that are pe there are people who are smarter than me, because I consider myself pretty smart, right? I'm, I'm pretty, I was a pretty cocky kid. So I consider myself pretty smart. But then I realized that people who are smarter than me, who are doing things that I have no idea what they're doing, I wanted to learn. And, and you know, being in sports, um, I'm pretty competitive. I have a lot of pride and I wanna win. And so 
you know, I was having this discussion with my wife last night and we were talking about making money. And for me, it's not even about spending it. She always gets on my case because I don't spend very much money because to me, the money is a metric. It's a, it's my bar where I can get to. And then honestly, I just like, I, I like taking friends and family out to dinner, going places with other people, sharing it, giving money away. Like I don't really care for the money to spend it myself. For me, it's a metric to show you, I did it. You can do it too. Look, this is attainable to you. If you just take the steps one by one to get there. If you just take one leap of faith, take one risk, decide that this is what you want to do because you want to try it because it's something that's passionate to you. And so, you know, that, that, that to me, that thought process of maybe I'll learn something more, maybe this will work or I should try this. Um, that's what drives me. The podcast itself, for example, doing these types of interviews, for example, a year ago, that is not in my repertoire. I am not talking to anybody. I am not posting online. You know, I'm not, I have a Facebook because that's where the family invites you to things, but I didn't do it for any other reason other than I need to step out of my comfort zone because other people are doing it and I need to get good at that. Yeah, yeah. So then could you talk a little bit about your podcast journey and like the reasons behind that and, um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, your podcast. Cause I know that I came on, on the show and it was awesome talking to you. Um, and yeah, I, I followed the show on Instagram. Um, come on yet. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> right, we gotta get you on. We gotta get you on. <laughs> yeah, so, like, baby. <laughs> I mean, you, you guys have a podcast and, and when we started the podcast, I thought, okay, look, there's this podcast thing that's happening in this, this realm. We got to develop something that works to get some more exposure. And I didn't really quite understand the power of what a podcast is. Uh, I just knew that, Hey, maybe if we get in front of more people, tell them what it is we'll do, we do, we'll get more business. And to be honest, I did the podcast to sell more real estate, but it didn't work that way. What happened was uh, my brother and I, you know, he's the insurance guy. I'm, in, I'm more of a real estate guy. Um, the reason why we started the insurance company was I actually partnered with, with two other people. Um, I will say like nine years ago to build the insurance company. Um, and I came in as the accountant, not as the insurance person. And when my brother got out of the Navy, he didn't have anything to do. I said, dude, you're going into insurance. And so that's where, you know, we started building our own thing within the company that, we, that I had already been a part of. And so we start this podcast thing and I'm thinking, okay, well, I just got to get in front of more people, tell them what it is I do, tell them that I sell real estate. So we start talking about sales trainings, how we train our, our, our insurance agents, how we do, you know, how to put together a seven step listing process, how to use whiteboard accountability, all these different great strategies that we've put into place. But for about 90 episodes, nobody listened. It was just maybe my mom every once in a while, right? And we're doing <laughs> podcasts every single day. Right. And, and I knew going into the podcast realm, my goal was, okay, I'm going to do this for three years and we'll see what happens. I mean, most people don't think they're going to do something every single day for three years and hope for the best. But I knew if I committed to it, it was going to get better over time. And the greatest advice I've had on the podcast came from my eight year old son. He said, dad, if you want people to listen to your show, you need to get influencers on your show. And I was like, okay, well, great. What's an influencer? <laughs> <laughs> the and Gen so, Z's, man. I love it. Right? And so, so I reached out to a couple of realtors that I knew. And I was like, hey, man, I got this podcast. You want to be on the show? And they're like, sure. And at the end of every show, we always ask them, hey, who do you think would be a good guest to have on the podcast? And we'd reach out to those, those people. And, you know, 
once that happened, the tentacles of sharing started to happen. All of a sudden, you know, they want to share with their friends and family that we're on the podcast. And then we started adding their friends and family as, you know, liking the podcast and our reach started to grow. And now we're booked up eight weeks in advance with people that want to be on the show as a guest. Um, it's, you know, we get over, I don't know, I think the last time I saw it was like 2,500 views on Facebook per week. Uh, and it's just organically growing that way. And now I see it as, a, now, now I told you I messed up because now I can't really sell real estate to this audience because most of my audience is real estate people. So, you know, this is one of those things where I learned, okay, but I'm building an audience. And when I built this audience, we're selling a lot more insurance through. So I messed up in the sense that my intention was one thing, but I modified and adapted and the consistency helped me build an audience to feed another pipeline that I have. And literally our insurance is called pipeline insurance. So it feeds that pipeline. And, and you know, that's one of those things where, okay, that worked. What can I learn from it? And how do I start something else? And so now I'm in the process of adding the family vlog because that's a different audience that's, that I can reach. I'm going to add another podcast that I'm going to do with my students because that's a different audience I'm going to reach. And each one of those audiences is going to be some other field that I can sell something to eventually at some point. But it's a long game, right? Um, Gary Vee is one of my favorite people that I listen to right now. And he's talking about you have to be a media company first and then everything else second. So that's what I'm doing. I'm building audiences with each different show has a different attraction. Like when you watch TV, sometimes it's cartoons, sometimes it's the news, sometimes it's, you know, CSI or whatever. But each one of those shows has a different audience. And then figure out what the demographics are to your audience and you can sell things to them. So I'm in the process of audience building right now. But I didn't know that when I first started. But I started anyway. That's exactly what it was with me. You know, uh, my personal development podcast is funny. While you were talking, I was like, oh, memories, nostalgia, memories. You know <laughs> what I mean? Because, boy, I don't know what the hell I was doing in the beginning. But the listeners were a byproduct of what I was trying to overcome. You know, so mm -hmm. me reading the Napoleon Hill, Jack Canfield, Dale Carnegie, going and dissecting each of these books, putting it into different contexts. I didn't know how to repurpose it. I just started learning about how, you know, repurpose work uh, or works about a month ago. But I focused on these books primarily because I was trying to get over something within myself. So my audience, I started seeing people in like Menlo Park, California. I'm like, oh my God, someone in California is listening to me. Oh my God, someone in Ashburn, Virginia. You know, and then, of course, it began to grow more and more. But, of course, me, being an English language teacher that I am, I said, because my YouTube video has 11,000 views and it's TOEIC test preparation course, how about I create a podcast? I'm sure the market out there, they're in need of an ESL podcast. So I knew what my intent was. I knew what I was going to do with the seasons. I knew what I was going to do here and there. I executed. I became that media company, just as you mentioned, and that goddamn thing took off immediately. The ESL podcast in about a year and a half has almost caught up to the personal development already, and that was three years and a half. So you could tell. You knew how to do it, right? You figured that? out the ropes. Yeah. It exactly. You knew how to do it. The first podcast was your guinea pig. And it's going to be your anchor. It's going to be the thing that you go to to try different products. But you took action. And that's the biggest thing. Once you took action, you realize, okay, this didn't work. This did. Let's do it again. Let's do it this way. And once you figured that out, you know, if you started a third one, 
I'm sure with intent and what you learned from the first two, the third one would take off even better. And that's kind of the skills that, those are the skills that you're learning. Before you know it, you keep doing that. And then you're placing very direct content. Now you're doing two to three minute pieces and you're either going direct to consumer or you know, you're building brand and you understand the difference between the two because you're a practitioner, because you're actually doing it. Not because you're thinking about trying it maybe sometime in the future, you're doing it today. You being able to teach out there on top of doing so many other things, insurance agency, and having this business, how do you juggle all of this at the same time? For people who are multitasking or they're not sure, hell, sometimes I get thrown off. I'm like, I need to like hurry up and start contributing to this ebook, but then I have to hurry up and create this video course for Udemy. Oh my God, but then oh, these other people are telling me to do this. I need to do, you know what I mean? I'm just not able to take the simple steps on a routine basis. So with you, with the amount of things you have on top of being a parent, on top of being a father, on top of everything that you have going on, how do you manage it? Oh, dude, I wish I had a, a magic answer. Um, I actually like being an entrepreneur. I like having the multiple businesses because I think, although I've never been diagnosed with ADD, I think I have some sort of like entrepreneurial ADD. Like if I get tired of one thing in one company, I just kind of shift over and, and like, start focusing on the other one. Or maybe I want to answer my emails at, at this time. You know, when I have those gaps in my calendar, when I have those time frames, sometimes I just want to switch. Or, or there's a pressing matter in one that I need to take care of right away. I, I, I think I like living from, from fire to fire, putting out fire to fire. I think I like that sort of, I don't know, controlled chaos, I guess. Mm. Um, and, and one of the things that, that has really been in my mind lately is trying to redefine that term of retirement. I don't like the term retirement anymore. I've known too many people who yes. are at their job 20, 30, 40 years and are just itching to get to the end of the road. And what happens when they do that is they literally tell their body that they're done and then they die off. I don't, I don't want people to hit the end of the road when it comes to working and then just die off. So what I'm trying to tell my students now is, uh, you know, yes, invest for the long term. Yes, buy your re rental real estate. Yes, put money in your 401ks or IRAs, whatever. But really, really, really figure out what makes you happy and then try to generate revenue around that thing that makes you happy. And when you can get that to the point where, you know, it's, it's okay for you to leave that job that you don't want to go to, the reason why you keep hitting that snooze button and you wake up every day doing that thing that makes you happy and you make enough money doing that, to me, that's retirement. Yesterday, I interviewed a lady who has been in escrow. For, uh, escrow is a third-party mediation that helps you buy and sell real estate here in California. She's been in escrow for 43 years, and she just started her own escrow company. And I'm asking her, why after 43-year career are you starting something? And her biggest thing is, I love doing it. So my thing is, if I can continue to do this and build a company that I can that I like to get up to get up and do every single day. I don't, I'm never going to retire. I'm going to do what I love every day. Now I might change later down the road and only work two days a week or three days a week. And you know, my kids are, are involved with me, so they're going to be running it. You know, that might be an option later down the road, but I'm going to have a purpose every single morning. I'm going to have a reason to get up every single day. And she, I'm sure she's going to live to be, you know, late nineties, maybe even a hundred years old with the way modern medicine is going but she's going to have a purpose to wake up to every day. She's not going to have an end to look forward to.
And I think that's a big, you know, mental shift in whatever it is that you're doing in life. If you can figure out what makes you happy and monetize that, then that's the true meaning of retirement. We're humans. We need a reason to get up every day. And if you can figure that out, you're a winner. Yeah. I mean, so just on that, especially when you were talking about, um, uh, like you like, you know, kind of the, 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 the chaos kind of thing, it kind of, um, it kind of brought it back to self-awareness for me. And so would you say like, you're, you're a guy that's like quite self-aware and, um, and like how important do you feel that is? Oh, I think self-awareness is huge. And I honestly, I don't think I even have myself all figured out because there's, there's, there's still times where I, I wonder if what I'm doing is exactly what I should be doing. Right. My wife asked me last night, if you look at what your idea of success is, what do you see yourself doing? And I've always been kind of ashamed to say it before. I don't, I think I was like, I'm going to be in front of thousands of people or I have people asking me questions or asking me for help. That is where I see myself being. And and she's like, oh, so you want to be famous? I'm like, yeah, but when you say it like that, it sounds so shady, <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that is, but ultimately, like, if, if that's somebody who knows you really well telling you that this is how they see what you're doing, then maybe you should kind of lean back and say, okay, maybe that is what I'm going for. Like, I remember, you know, being 18 years old and thinking that business is the way to go. And I jumped into like a multi-level marketing company and I remember looking at the good presenters thinking, I can do that, right? I can stand on a stage and talk like that. I want to be able to do that. And so I would start working my way to do that. And then I decided to go another business. And in every single one, I look at those types of people and I'm like, I can do that. I can give advice. I have that kind of perspective. That's exactly how I'm thinking. You know what I mean? And so maybe that is where I'm supposed to go. I don't 100% know that I'm fully self-aware. I know what I'm good at, mm. but... Have I defined where I want to be myself? I don't know. I, I can't honestly say that I've burned all the ships behind me and that's where I'm going 100%. So for me, and my, my most honest answer is I'm, I'm like 80% self-aware. <laughs> I yeah. wish I could be 100%. But until, until I, I feel like until you're able to say this is the one and only thing that I'm doing and I'm going forward, then, then you don't know for sure. I know it's going to be in the entrepreneurial and educational space. And is it motivational? Maybe. Is it educational? Maybe. But I'm going to change lives. If it's one person at a time or a thousand people in a speaking engagement, that's how it's going to happen. It's going to be in that direction at some point. It's just amazing how we, and especially you, you being the person you are, the individual you are, and seeing how much self-awareness I've created, over the last three, you know, the three years in general, and just implementing so many things and finding that purpose, you know, being out here in Thailand and hearing people say, I'm going to retire at 60. And I'm like, you can't retire from life. There's no such thing as retiring from life. You got to listen. I'm going to do this right here. I'm going to be doing this all the way till 95. And I'm going to have that same kind of energy too. Nothing's going to slow me down unless my thought process gets all jacked up for whatever reason it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just, when I wake up driven. When I wake up in the morning, I am unbelievably excited. And you know what? I wasn't always like that before. I wasn't. But then times got tough. But when times got tough, I reflected on myself. And then I found my true passion. 
And that is so difficult to convey over to audiences, especially the younger audiences out there, because they're just getting started in this game called life. You know what I mean? And it's going to take them a long time to find just about anything. But, oh, man, it's kind of like Les Brown being born on a, you know, on a floor in Liberty City, you know, Florida. And, you know, all these other people have been through so much, but they found that passion. Boy, you just can't stop it. Just like Dr. Dwayne Dyer and all these other people. Um, they were doing it up till they're 90. Bob Proctor, he's another OG. Jack Canfield, he's another guy at the age of 75, still standing on stages. You cannot stop from, you can't stop that passion. You know, if you wake up on fire, you're going to continue doing that regardless of age or anything. So, man, I'm glad you actually said that about retirement. Makes all the difference in the world, dude. I mean, like, it's it's the reason why when you wake up in the morning you hit the snooze button you're literally telling yourself you'd rather be unconscious for your life than conscious for it and if that's Mm. the case if you're the person who wakes up and hits the snooze button then you need to really reflect on what you're doing every day if you look at friday as the best day of the week you need to really look at what you're doing every day maybe you know maybe that's not for you maybe there's something more out there you just haven't let yourself think that there is more for you You've, you've reached the pinnacle of maybe what your friends and family, maybe you're at the top of that game, but there's a whole world around you and there are so many more opportunities. And if you hate what you do every day, that's not a fun life, man. It's just, it just isn't. There's, there's endless possibilities. If you're in a, you know, especially if you're in the U S like there's, there's no reason why you can't achieve anything you don't want to achieve. If you're in, you know, if you're in other parts of the world and you've got help dealt a shitty hand, that's a little bit different maybe you can still overcome it it's just the odds are more stacked against you so if you're if you're in a position where you're the only limit is yourself which most people are then you know knock down that wall brick by brick take a step it's going to take you a little longer it might not get you where you want to go uh you know next week tomorrow but every single day you can get there that wall will come down one brick at a time thousand percent man well it's been awesome having you on the show today um do you have any final thoughts uh for our listeners um maybe some actionable steps that they can t- uh, take away from this episode and hopefully go and take massive action on yeah you know what something is simple um there's a book called uh i can't think of it. something about the uh the morning miracle it's called the morning miracle and oh. it's like i think it's six things that you can do in the morning before 8 a.m that'll drastically change your life. Now I haven't done every single one of them, but one of the things I have done um, is journal. So every morning I get up in 10 minutes every day, I just journal, I just write down my thoughts and you'd be surprised. You're gonna get in the habit of doing this every day. You have ideas that come to you, whether you, you put them in action or they disappear, they are your thoughts. And if you write them down on paper, they become much more actionable because you can, you're actually telling your hand to write down this thought. You're making it a reality as soon as you put it on paper and your imagination is going to be unlocked. And when you write it down, you can reflect back on it. You can remember what it is that you were thinking about at that moment. And maybe then is the seed that you need to plant to take action. So it doesn't take much effort to sit down and write for 10 minutes and it's your own private journal. You don't want to share with anybody fine, but get your, your thoughts out of your head, put them on paper, and start to try to take one step at a time. That's the baby step that you can take <clears throat> that could change your life in a positive direction. That's what, that's what I think you should do. And subscribe to our podcast at Business Growth Pod.
<laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> and I'm so, you know, I'm so, um, I'm so uh, pleased you, you you mentioned that because I've I've actually um, introduced that into my morning routine. And so, like, some of the ideas that have just like come from that has been like, wow, you know. And then every week I reflect over the thoughts I've had in the morning. You know, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's definitely helped me. And yeah. So where can people um, find your podcast? Learn more about what you do. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, connect and find you online. Yeah, sure. At Business Bros Pod, you can find us on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, um, pretty much anywhere you're on social. Um, and, uh, you know, check us out. We do a daily podcast. We interview a bunch of different people on a bunch of different things. Um, and there you can reach out to us, uh, set us a DM, set us a message. If you have any personal questions, we answer those all the time. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what we like to interact is on social. You can find us on our website, csfirst.com, but most people don't go there. They just go straight social. Okay, awesome. Yeah, well, guys, I will put all those links in the description, so definitely check those out if you want to learn more about what um, Hernan and his brother um, do, and, you know, definitely check out their podcast again. I've been on the show. Um, Arsenio's going on the show by the sound of it, so, so yeah, yeah. you definitely check that out. Um, Hernan, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. All right, guys, thank you. Have no a wonderful worries. day or evening. <laughs> yeah, so afternoon for me, morning for you, evening for us and you. Yeah, evening yeah. for me, yeah. It's, all, it's almost that time. That's right. <laughs> almost <laughs> that time. Recharge <laughs> battery, get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Awesome. Well, guys, we will be back next Friday with another episode, so we will speak to you then. Did you find this episode helpful? If you did, please leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe. New episodes of the Motivational Mentors podcast are available every Friday.